Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Faith Journeys. My name is Brad. I am your host. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring different people's journeys of faith. You know, I strongly believe that each and every one of us is on a journey of faith, regardless of religion or creed. I believe that faith goes deeper than just attending a religious worship service, but that it guides and leads our lives through the best of times and through the worst of times. And it is my hope that through this podcast, we can see that each of us has a journey to take and that along the journey, we are never alone. So today, my guest is a good friend of mine, fellow pastor, Pastor Emmanuel Jackson. He serves as the lead pastor of Living Word Lutheran Church in Katy. He's been there for 13 years since his ordination and ministry of word and sacrament. Emmanuel was raised and born and raised in Liberia in West Africa, and he and his family moved to the United States as refugees in 2001 due to the civil war there in Liberia that claimed over a quarter of a million lives. Emmanuel and his family lived as refugees along the West African coast from 1994 until 2001 before being resettled to the United States as political refugees. Catholic Social Services, their sponsoring organization, placed them in Hastings, Nebraska. Emmanuel calls Hastings home. Emmanuel and his siblings were adopted by a Lutheran parish in Hastings, First St. Paul's Lutheran Church. Emmanuel felt God's call to ministry in the late 90s in the United States. He would pursue that call to ministry by becoming the first Bridges Scholar, a program for minority students who had a passion for ministry but did not yet have a first degree. Emmanuel graduated from Carthage College in 2004 with degrees in both economics and political science, minors in sociology and psychology. He then continued his ministry pursuits by enrolling in the Lutheran School of Theology at Chicago, where he earned his MDiv. He is also the recipient of the Emerging Voice Award from LSTC, an award that recognizes individuals who are finding creative ways of bringing the gospel into the public sphere and speaking to the pressing issues of our time. Emmanuel sits on the following boards, Upbring, the Lutheran School of Theology at Chicago, at Zoe Helps, and he is also a husband and a dad, husband to Anik and two amazing kids, Rod and Matrix, who I know personally. He has a wonderful family. Emmanuel, dude, I told you to send me a short bio. Holy cow, I have to take a drink after that, man. Are you trying to make me look bad or what? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I just figure, you know, I, you know, I, I try to uh, try to upstage you here on your own uh, on your own podcast. But uh, I'm gonna have to go back and retweet, uh, re, uh, retweak mine, man. I just, <laughs> holy cow! Not only that, but uh, that, made me, been, that made me tired, bro. <laughs> I know. You know what? Let's take a commercial break so that Brad can go get some. Uh, please, please. <laughs> I need oxygen. Please, somebody. <laughs> oh, well, Emmanuel, welcome to Faith Journeys Podcast. I'm so glad that uh, you're taking some time uh, to chat with me. You know, I um, I'm really looking forward to this because, you know, I knew that, you know, you were born and raised in Liberia, but you know what? I had never really heard your story before in all of the years that we have known each other. And I don't think I know the full story. And I just thought it was a great time now for some 
of of us folks to literally hear from somebody who was a refugee to kind of gain a better understanding of what mm -hmm. refugees go through, um, the process, uh, what that was for you and your family, especially now um, in the time that this podcast is being recorded. We have uh, people from Afghanistan who are being lifted out and are yeah. now refugees themselves. So this is really great timing. And I'm yeah. really glad that you chose to come on and speak to us, my friend. Thank you, my brother. And uh, I, I, I appreciate you and the ministry you do and uh, your leadership in the community, especially your work with, uh, with Acts of Wisdom. So I, uh, I'm a big, I'm a big fan from afar, even though I don't, <laughs> I don't always buy you coffee and uh, pass you <laughs> I appreciate you. Not a problem. Not a problem. I appreciate you as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I started Acts of Wisdom several years ago and now here we are and we're expanding into your home country in Liberia. And um, it really um, excites me and what, what, what we're able to do there in Liberia as well. So um, but this is not about me. This is about you. Uh, tell <laughs> us a little bit about um, your story uh, in Liberia and, and what, what all that was and what it was like and, and uh, your, your uh, journey from Liberia to Hastings, Nebraska. Now there is a story, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I like to tell people God God has a sense of humor. You know, he's going to bring a bunch of black folk from Liberia in the winter and settle them in Hastings, Nebraska. You know how cold Hastings, Nebraska is in the winter? Uh, I'm it, telling you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it, it's uh, it's been, my life has been an amazing journey uh, of faith and in part because uh, I've been blessed, fortunate to uh, to have amazing community around me. Um, I grew up when I was a kid. There were, I don't remember ever a time being alone. Like, there, there were always people around. There were uh -huh. always people. You know, there's an old there's an old phrase. You know, back on the continent is 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 Ubuntu, which means I am because you are. You know, mm -hmm. we we're all in this together. Um, so so growing up, my my dad was a Lutheran pastor. He was a church developer, a church planter. Did a lot of traveling. My mom was was a nurse's aide. Uh, uh, pretty much like the local midwife. Uh, so there was a lot of deliveries that happened in, in the community and my mom had a hand literally in, in all of that. I grew up in the church, uh, didn't quite take it so seriously in terms of, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm a PK and so you don't, you don't always see the value of, of <laughs> right, <faith>. right, um, <laughs> right. On, onto, onto the civil war. And, and of course my, my dad, uh, my dad lost his life in the war. Uh, and we had to leave, uh, uh, and in a refugee camp, you know, you, you start you start asking yourself, you know, I mean, uh, I'm fortunate to have escaped the war. You know, what am I going to do with my life? And and I, I found a lot of I found a lot of healing, and I found a lot of uh, grounding in in storytelling, right? In, in just uh -huh. telling the story of of not just your own life, but the story of the people around you, the story of God. And, and I, I, I realized that if you're going to read the Bible with any level of integrity, you have to understand the Bible as two things. One is a story of people who are moving, mm -hmm. but ultimately this journey. Right. It's this journey where every step of the way you're meeting new people in new places. Uh, and it's really not about the destination. It's not about where I'm going to end up, but it's about you know, what happens on a daily basis and the people you meet, the voices you hear, the smells that you take in. 
Um, and all of that, uh, in my opinion, makes life what it is. Uh, so my own faith is, is just grounded in this sense of journey. Uh, through the refugee camp for seven years in, in Ivory Coast, in Ghana, in Nigeria, uh, being shaped uh, through hardship, uh, through tears, through suffering, um, and, and then you know, starting a Bible study with some of the, some of the folks you know, uh, Roland and, and Limu and all those people uh, that turned into this big church, and, and just just really sensing that you know what I, I really love this idea of storytelling and 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 finding where the human narrative uh, comes in contact with the divine narrative and and seeing whether there's a you know there's a balance here between my story and God's story and the story of other people. Um, and really, that's that's how my whole sort of I want to go into ministry. I, I want to keep finding where the human story sort of intersects with the with the divine narrative. And, and you know, yeah. Jesus was a refugee and like, wow, you know, refugees do have place in scripture. You know, those kinds <laughs> of things, those, those little vignettes, right? They 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 brighten the day of someone who, um, you know, kind of feels like, you know, I'm, I'm down and out. So um yeah, and that's obviously that's obviously one way that your experience kind of sheds light differently on scripture, right? I mean, I I don't think many of us, and I know myself until I got to seminary and still, you know, and started studying things, I I, I never knew the actual refugee story of Jesus, but it it's there. I mean, he, they they yeah. flee from their home and they go to Egypt. That's a refugee story. Yeah. And none of us can 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 see that right. through the lens without somebody being told to right. us, but right. you've lived it. In fact, I, I would even argue, um, man of God, that most of scripture has to be understood through the lens of travel. Um, the Exodus story is not just a nice little story. It's a story of a people who leave their homeland in search of food during famine, which, by the way, historically is one of the prime reasons why people move. Mm -hmm. uh, we, know that, we know that famine uh, is some sometimes precipitated by, by harsh climates where the crops don't come in. And so Jacob and his sons, they go down into Egypt and Joseph is there and jo they settled in Goshen. Uh, then years after a, a different Pharaoh arises who doesn't show them favor, starts treating them harshly. You cannot understand the Bible except you understand that the Bible is about journey. And sometimes it's about physical journey, but mostly it's about the spiritual journey where God continues to walk with us and brings us into contact with new people and new relationships. And I think that's where faith is formed. It's, it's not in the cathedral or in the, the sacred spaces of a, of a nice, pristine, you know, padded pew. Faith is formed on a daily basis. You know, mm -hmm. we're interacting with one another. I was talking about a friend of mine a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, was traveling, missed his flight, uh, had to go to the ticket counter to read book. Uh, it started a conversation with the person uh, serving him. That conversation has lasted for 15 years because they, they got married, right? Wow. Life, faith. Faith, right? yeah. Um, uh, and, and so, yeah, yeah. Um, so from the refugee camp to Hastings, Nebraska, um, there was this Bridges Scholarship for uh, uh, minority students who had a passion for ministry but didn't have uh -huh. the means. I didn't quite have a GED, and so... 
I used to study in the church's basement and, you know, you know, things came together. I went to Carthage and uh, then to LSTC and, uh, and I'm here in Katy. Wow. Well, let's go back a little bit. Um, what, uh, I mean, you, you, your dad died in this, right? Um, how yep. was it that you were able to stay so strong and rooted in the faith like you are now? Because I think for many people, when they have something as hard as that, they simply walk away from the faith. Yeah. But but you didn't. What what was it that kept you grounded and kept you on, like you said, on that journey right. towards faith? I, I wish I wish I could take credit for this. If I did, I'd write a book right away. But there, <laughs> there just one this, more thing uh, to add to your resume. <laughs> <laughs> there there is this uh, really, really short, short girl. Uh, she's in her 70s now. Uh, um, She's my mother. Her name is Ruth. Um, you know, if, uh, if if this woman had grew up anywhere in the West, she'd probably be a millionaire because, you know, long before Wall Street and, you know, Fortune 500 businesses started talking about doing more with less, mm -hmm. uh, she was doing that. She was doing that. Um, and it didn't matter what our conditions were. Um, Part of my upbringing was this idea that every morning you give thanks to God for the air in your lungs. It didn't matter what your conditions were. It didn't matter what life dealt you with. If you had air in your lungs, it was an opportunity to make the best of that day. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, before you slip into sleep, you give thanks to God. So we, we had morning and evening devotionals. I, I was literally spoon fed with these you know, she would cook these verses and some of them will be out of context because she thinks she's this, you know, mighty theologian, you know, <laughs> you, you know there's a friend who stick it closer than any brother, you know, quoting from Proverbs. And, and, but this idea that we were not alone after my dad died, she just, she took over, she stepped in and she reminded us of the gratitude of being alive, the gift of having one another, uh, and because we had one another, we had a fighting chance uh, for that day. Um, and even though we had to walk from central Liberia all the way into the Ivory Coast, uh, it took a couple of months. Uh, but she was she was like that grounding presence, you know? And I, I yeah. really, um, she's still alive today. I, I could have just got off the phone with her. Um, every time I'm on the phone with her, she's trying to preach to me. She don't know that I'm the preacher now. You know, I've got all these degrees. <laughs> But cool. she's she's she is she is such an amazing an amazing person, uh, loves the Lord, um, and sees all of life through the lens of faith. And and I know a lot of people sort of trace their faith maybe to their to their dads. I trace my faith to my mom. Uh -huh. She she's she's an absolute rock. Uh, she's an absolute rock. And and this is a woman who saw the depth of human cruelty in terms of. You know, being beaten and and and, uh, and you know, physically and sexually violated, mm. um, but she's still standing. She's wow. still standing. What would you tell listeners about finding finding your faith, finding grace in the midst of storms in their lives? 
you know, I, I, I think, you know, here in the United States, nobody's, of course, going to go through what you guys went through, but yet y'all found that. Mm. Um, how, how would somebody find that if they're right now listening and they feel like, you know, all hell's breaking loose um, and, and the ship is sinking? How would you explain to them yeah. in that moment? I, I I like to think that that even in the most dire of circumstances, um, hope is this uh, thing that uh, lies deep within the human soul. Mm-hmm. That sometimes, like diamond, it's it's only it's only found through pressure. Um, I like to also believe that there are more people who love and care for us than we like to believe. Um, that the voices that condemn us, the voices that say we're nothing, the voices that marginalize us on a daily basis, the voices that push us to the side, uh, even though they are magnified because they may have a platform, there are more voices that care than voices that malign. Um, I like to believe that uh, when we get up every morning, God is rooting for us each and every day. Um, there's an old story, I think, is in First Kings where the prophet Elisha is absolutely beside himself. He thinks that, you know, uh, they're, they're going to get defeated. And God says, I want you to come out. And, and through this miracle of vision, God opens the eyes of the servant of Elisha. Um, and, 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 and he is able to see that there are more mm. who are for them than the Assyrian army that are against them. And I like to believe that even though our world, there's a lot of cruelty and a lot of ugly stuff in this world, that God is not absent, right? Right. That God is is there. It's almost like yeast in the dough. You you don't see it. It's like the old old saying about the Chinese bamboo tree, right? You got to water it for six Uh years and it doesn't grow. Yeah. But after six years of watering it, in six weeks, it grows 90 feet. Right? Yeah. And uh, um, in the locker room of the San Antonio Spurs is an old saying, you know, of a guy who's hammering on the rock and he's pounding and he's pounding and he's pounding away and he pounds 90 times and the rock is not cracked. He pounds 95 times. And when he gets to 101, the rock finally cracked. And the question is, which of those pounding made the rock to crack? It wasn't the 101st. It was all of the little ones over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I absolutely believe that even amid all of the cruelties of our world, amid all of the darkness, that God comes to us and and brings us little nuggets of hope and little vignettes. And and if we can find the courage to open our eyes and to, but more importantly, to open our hearts to what is possible on a daily basis, right? And it doesn't have to be the big grandiose thing, right? It doesn't have to be the big flashing miracle. It, it could be sitting at a coffee table and someone comes and you strike up a conversation and, and that becomes the conduit uh, through something happening. So I, I, I don't mean to minimize what, what we all go through on a daily basis. You know, we're, we're having to live through a pandemic, the likes of which we haven't seen since the 1918s, right? And, and it's all of the divides in our country and in the world. Um, but I also absolutely believe that God has not given up on our world. God has not given up on you. And so if you're listening today and listening to the sound of my voice, I want you to know that there is hope. 
There is hope in the faces of the people you see around you. There is hope in places and, and, and in places where you least expect. And that this God, who is the God of the Bible, but also not, not just you know, caught in the Bible of the first and the second century, uh, but also is the God of our time. Uh, this God has not abandoned us and God will never abandon you. There's a thread from the very beginnings of scripture all the way to the end is this idea that God is with, the withness of God. Uh, um, Amen. Sweet likes to say, if God had a middle name, God's middle name would be with, right? Um, this notion that God has not left the world. That's right. God is in the world and God has not left you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, tomorrow is, uh, is, uh, is suicide prevention, you know, day. Uh, and uh, we were just talking a couple of a uh, couple of days ago um, before this podcast is done. You know, at least twenty people will have taken their own lives. Right? Uh, every wow. year, seven hundred thousand people take their own lives in this country uh, because they don't have they don't have hope. They don't feel hope. Right? Yeah. And for every one life that is that is taken, there are twenty five other attempts, failed attempts at taking their lives. Um, there is hope, my friends. There's hope in community. There's hope uh, in the, that pastor down the street. There's hope in the people who love you. There is hope. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm starting a new uh, series on Sunday, and um, it's called The God of Grace. And in it, I, you just reminded me, you know, grace didn't just show up in the New Testament. That's right. You know, it, right. it, it's been there all along. It was That's part right. of God's plan. It was part of God's story all along. And um, that grace, that love, that hope, it's been there since the beginning and it will be there in the very end. <laughs> and uh, it's never left. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing that I realized while you were talking to Manuel was, is that, you know, in the, in the Gita, the Bhagavad Gita, mm -hmm. um, it talks about that there are higher qualities and that there are lower qualities that life brings to us. And the higher qualities, it talks about, you know, purity of mind and gratitude and service and charity and acceptance and uh, austerity and deep study and nonviolence and truthfulness and hope, compassion. I mean, just a whole list. And then the lower the lower um, qualities are greed, lust, anger, ego, illusion, and envy. And that's hmm. it. And hmm. that's it. And it, and it says, it reminds us that there are more ways for us yeah. to be pulled up yeah. than there are for us to be pulled down. Yeah. 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 And that's amazing, right? That, that yeah. is, that in fact is, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's perhaps the most powerful reminder that there are more places where we can see the light of God shining each and every day than we can experience, you know, the, 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 the darkness and, and the, the anguish of, of the world around. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Um, so how has your experience, your journey shaped you as a pastor? Um, you know, we, we do more than just preach on Sundays, just, you know, despite what everybody else thinks. So, yeah, you is, know? That, is that true? 
that's, that's shocking. Hey, I don't know about you, but I'm working more on the outside of Sunday than I am on Sunday. But anyways, um, how has that shaped you as a pastor? Like in terms of values, in terms of how you shepherd your congregation, uh, what does that look like because of your journey? So when I... Uh... When I when I first took this call, I always tell the story. I did I did an interview with one of the major papers uh, here in the in the city, and they were they were very interested in how I I, I was going to make it as as a person of color in a predominantly in a predominantly white church, and 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 I'm not naive. I I know that is the reality. I just come from a world where I think. And I believe to my core that all of us are on a journey, right? And yeah. I think I might have repeated myself about twenty times, so you you can you can edit out. You know, <laughs> no, no, no. It it helps serves as a reminder to everybody. <laughs> oh, oh, you, you can take a drink whenever I say journey, um, and, and you'll probably be drunk by the time the show is over. But I absolutely believe that, except we're willing to walk with other people and purposefully listen to them, that part of this journey is the creation of stories and that pastoral ministry allows us to uh, be not just curators of story, but to be, I mean, it, it gives you this rare opportunity to be able to hear multiple stories at the same time. Right. And, and, and by hearing these stories, you get to know people. And you get to them, allow them uh, over time to try to find those places in their story where God shows up, just like how God showed up in my story. And so for me, pastoral ministry at its core is, is an art of walking with people, is an art of listening to people, but I think ultimately is the art of helping people understand that their stories are interwoven with the God story. And when that is done, then you get those aha moments. And, and so for me, it's it's not, yeah, you know, I, I can walk with just about anyone. I can walk with just about anyone because these principles have guided my life. Everyone has a story. I need to slow down to listen to their story. And hopefully over time, through conversation, uh, through the grace of God, we can connect our stories to God's story. And sometimes that connection comes in terms of an awareness about the things we're not doing. And then we change our ways. Sometimes it comes in the form of an affirmation, like, hey, you are a refugee, but this God you worship is also a refugee. I am affirmed, even though I'm in this lowly state of not even knowing where the next meal is going to come from. But finding my story in the God story, I think, is part of the, the ministry and the genius of, of pastoral life. Yeah, I love that. And, and it reminds me, too, that, you know, we don't stop and listen long enough anymore no, no we don't you know it, yeah. it's it's you know 140 characters on twitter or yeah. sharing yeah. the facebook post um but we rarely stop and listen to someone and i i'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer nothing's gonna get solved um nobody's gonna change dramatically from whatever it was that you posted on your facebook post but yeah. in listening to one another yeah yeah that is how transformation happens. That's how 
um, we begin to move the needle kind of towards the middle rather than mm -hmm. on the polar ends. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it, because, yeah, it, but we're, the world is so noisy um, and we just buy into that. We buy into the sound bites. We really don't stop and listen. I don't think the world creates enough space for us to yeah. actually listen to one another. You know what I mean? I would, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. There's a, there's, there's a, and sometimes we listen because we want to respond. We, we, we want, we want our turn because I was like, well, I can't wait till he's done talking because this is my turn. You know, <laughs> we're already we're thinking about respond, what we're going right? to say. Yeah. We yeah. already got our prepackaged answers. We're really not listening for empathy and for care and for journeying together. We're listening because I, you know, you said something wrong. I want to correct you. So you got 30 seconds and I'm going to take the rest of the time. You know, it's, it's, a, it's all about trying to one up one another, but I, I have found a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of value in, uh, in pastoral ministry uh, through listening, uh, through honoring people's stories, however different it is from my own story uh, and, and giving them the time of the day, respecting them enough. Like, like even if you get an email, and all of us, I mean, we're we're connected. Uh, uh, emails we get, we get, you know, many, many. You know, I get about a hundred emails a day. Uh, besides the solicitation email, right? Which those are yeah. auto generated. Oh my gosh, those are those, right. those are astronomical. Yeah. Yeah, but but you think about it. Every email, there's a story behind it. Someone took the time, and the the human capability to write those thoughts, right? And how many times we just, we browse over emails and we just delete them. Now I'm not suggesting that you give everything a thousand percent of your attention, but- Read all your spam. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. such a there's such a, an attitude towards all things, right? It's just, it, we, there is no, there, there's no real depth to anything, right? Everything is just shallow, you know? It's, it's you know, we, we argue on this one thing and then we move on to the next thing. Every day is like, hey, here, kitty, 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 here's the next shining object. We really never take time to drill deeper, perhaps get to know people. Um, uh, and and that's, that's something I think, I think is lacking, uh, not only within the church world, but I would, I would even argue uh, in the world at large. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't know where I read the story, um, but it was, a, it was a story about a, a young protege um, monk, and he went to his, the, the elder monk, and <laughs> he said, um, I, I, want to, I want to improve on my listening. How do I listen to other people better? <laughs> and the older <laughs> monk said, stop talking <laughs> I mean, it's just it's, that's a good one it's that's just one. that yeah. simple right yeah. um I, and i wish it was that simple it's like you said we're sometimes we are already formulating responses in our brain that Correct. that means that we are not fully present yeah. you know that we are not fully um mindful about the place that we are in and um we just have to turn not not only our audible voice but our inner voice off yeah. Yeah. Um, in order to listen correctly yeah. so that we receive everything right yeah yeah 100 percent yep and, and and you know not only that but you know i think too um <laughs> especially in this day and age you know 
once we do formulate a response, we need to watch how we say it. Um, and uh, <laughs> because, you know, you think this whole, you know, freedom of speech thing, I get it. But look, rem- I, I, I was reminded uh, a while back, you know, saying whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, that's not freedom. <laughs> um, real freedom yeah, yeah. is not yeah. feeling the need to say those things in the first place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, you, you speak with truth and, right. and with the affection and empathy if it calls for it. Um, and, and, you know, the austerity of speech. Correct. And, Correct. Um, and, and I think that, I think you have to have both of them yeah. together, you know, not just the listening part, but also about the right speech part as well. The Apostle Paul actually tackled this subject in depth uh, about the freedom of the believer or the Christian. And, and he says, if yes, you are free in Christ, but you're free to do, uh, to do the right things. Right? You, you're free. And, and that means that if my freedom uh, is somehow a stumbling block to my neighbor, I need to rethink. I need to rethink if, if I am truly free, right? Because when I am free, my friends are free, right? My community is free, right? My freedom is, is linked to the freedom of everyone else around me. So he talks about, like, yeah, you, you can eat meat or beef, whatever, you know, but, but if, if that becomes an offense to someone, and I think this is all the more relevant in the times in which we live in, you know, like, you know, with all of this debate over masking and not masking and this one and that one. And, 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 and I think that there ought to be a little bit of empathy and love here, right? I, I, I may be free to just go out and, you know, without, but I think part of the consideration here about freedom is that my freedom allows me to do what I know is right and what I know benefits everyone else around me. That's right. And, and that's, right. If that's the lens through which we talk about freedom, then freedom becomes the means by which I become part of liberating my community, right? It's Absolutely. not just, oh, I got mine, I'm walking away. Right? But I got mine. Now I'm going to I'm going to make sure that we can we can help get you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's the old black and white Martin Luther movie about Martin Luther's life. Um, he's talking about that specific passage that you just brought up with the Apostle Paul. And, yep. um, and one of the students at the beginning of that movie, um, because that's the one I remember, because that's the one that was used in my confirmation um, uh, class, even though, you know, it's like, hello, it's the nineties. Why are we still watching a black and white movie? <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, um, one of the students raises his hand and he says, so we can do whatever we want. And Martin Luther comes back and says, yes, but what is it that you wish to do? Mm. Yeah. The student is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, but what is it that you want the freedom to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And does that mesh up with the gospel <laughs> for us who who follow Jesus? Right. Correct. 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 Um, and and it, it really is. I, sometimes I, I ask myself, is it because we don't know or is it because it's an inconvenient truth? that we choose to relegate, right? Yeah, we, absolutely. We, I mean, we, I was born hearing, you know, love others more than you love yourself. I mean, it's not like I don't know that stuff. Right, right. You know? 
but it's an inconvenient truth. You know, it's like, okay, like really, I got to do this all the time? Oh, yes, you got to, you know? It, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 you know, I mean, there's nothing that, you know, suddenly it's like a lightning bolt and boom, you got this massive revelation that other people matter and that they're created in the image of God. I've, I've known this from day one. I think it was, it was Nelson Mandela. He says, if people can, can learn to hate, they can certainly learn to love, you know? Um, but I think, I think part of it is it, it becomes an inconvenient thing. It, it's because I think, I think loving oneself and loving one's neighbor is hard. Right, right. right. Uh, 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 right. Spewing vile things, that's the easy route. Anybody can say anything, right? right. Anybody can get online and spew hate and, and falsehoods, right? It takes more courage uh, to, to, to actually engage in the difficult work of lifting up communities, you know, it, you can you can you can take ten years to build a cathedral. You can burn it in thirty seconds, right? That's right. You know, hate is the easy thing. You know, um, indifference is the easy thing. You really want to take the harder path in, in life? It's a path of love, right? That's where, you know, I think true formation is because love demands again and again and again that we don't just look at ourselves, that we look at the needs of others. And if anything, we look more at the needs of others than we look at ourselves. Amen. Amen. Well, Emmanuel, um, you know, your story just kind of solidifies something that I've always, always believed. And that is um, faith is truly caught more than it is taught. Yes, sir. And, um, and, and your experience and your story uh, certainly have taught you um many things about faith, about God, about love, about grace. And um, I hope our audience um, can see that. Um, I'm sure they can. I thank you for sharing your story with us um, and to, to remind us that, uh, yeah, we're on the journey, but we're not on it alone. Yes. And that Indeed. we are truly on it together um, as was exemplified in in your story. So I thank you for that. And thank you for sharing uh, such personal things with us here on Faith Journeys. Um, thank you for letting me be a guest. And uh, uh, I appreciate you, my brother. And thanks for the good work you do uh, over at Messiah and with Acts of Wisdom. Thank thanks, you. man. Well, um, we always end with what I call the final four on Faith Journeys. I'm going to ask you a question and you have to say the first thing that comes to your mind and there's no discussion about it. Just want to get And I answer. can't sanitize my thoughts either. Uh, no, well, uh, you know, pay attention. You know, I did put this in the category that everybody can listen to it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there are kids listening. So I got yeah, 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 yeah. Clean it up, man. Clean it up. <laughs> All right, here All we go. Right, you ready? You ready? All right. Question yes, number sir. one. What is one of the best pieces of advice you have ever received? Wear clean underwear. My mother <laughs> gave me that one. Always wear clean underwear because you never know something's going to happen to take you to the hospital. And if you're wearing dirty underwear, ain't nobody going to touch you. She, she, you know, Amen. She, she, she is, she is wise beyond you know, her wear years. Wear clean underwear. I said, you know what? That's, you know. <clears throat> She is a wise woman, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, question number two. How are listening and healing, oh, we, well, this is, has to do with what we have. How are listening and healing related? 
I think listening and healing are related because you have to be able to say where it hurts. And whoever is around you, whatever is a doctor, nurse, or community, you have to be able to hear and, and so that they are not treating the wrong thing. Uh, so I, I think there's a link between healing and listening because it allows us to focus on what is truly hurting and what is truly broken or what is truly disconnected uh, or else we will be diagnosing the wrong thing. Absolutely. All right, question number three, what does it mean to you to have time with God? It means running. It means having some headphones in my ear as I run. Um, it means getting a little bit of the word. And it means hanging out with my family. Awesome. All right. And question number four, describe a favorite place you like to be with your family. Favorite place. You know, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, my kids really love to go to Senate Assembly. I know this will shock the world, but not oh, the wow. assembly, not, not the assembly itself. They like to stay in the hotel and go to the pool, you know. So I will be at the assembly and then they'll be having fun. I mean, every year, like the last two years, of course, we haven't had it because of COVID. And they're like, well, what happened to the May Senate Assembly? I was like, you know what? Y'all don't work for the church. I work for the church, you know. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, so dad, we're not going to send it to somebody this year. Like, boy, you know, <laughs> they want to be in the hotel, they want to order what they want to order, they want to go down to the pool, especially when we have it at the Marriott or you know, all these. They love to go to those places and just like you know, pillow fights. They love that, is awesome. So, yeah, that is awesome. I never so, would have so guessed Bishop that. Mike, if, you, if you're listening, please bring back Senate Assembly. <laughs> right. Yes, sure yes. Is at a hotel, you know? <laughs> please, at a hotel. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I literally do. I miss seeing all my fellow colleagues. Um, yeah, I see you online and through Zoom. It's just not the same. It really yeah. isn't. Um, yeah. I love to be present with you guys. Well, thanks, Emmanuel. Once again, thank you who are listening to uh, this podcast. If you can, please, after you're finished listening, go and write a review of the podcast so it can help others find this podcast better. I would greatly appreciate that. Until next time, I wish you all the best. God's richest blessings to you. Remember that you are on a journey. You are not alone on that either. Not only does God walk with you, but others walk with you as well. All right. Take care of my friends. God bless you all. Bye-bye.